I do at some point, I promise. My voice can't hold out for that long, so we're going to have to have a mic at some point, all right? So, uh, if you didn't hear anything of what I just said, it wasn't important other than I was sick, fist bump, when I do this, blow your nose, all right? So, just to make sure that we're all on the same page, that's what I want to make sure that you know. Um, I I do have to say it is great Uh, to have our students leading worship this morning. Uh, As you know, every fifth Sunday, our students, yes, yeah. Um, I do do have to note that whichever deacon paid Zach off to make sure that I was in the pulpit by 11.15 so that we would be out by noon, I need to see you after the service, all right? Um, I don't know that I can preach that long. Then again, we'll see what happens, okay? All right. Guys, I'm excited about the new year. I'm excited about where we're headed. We've had a great year in 2018. Uh, We've had a great uh, month this last month just celebrating the coming of our Lord and and doing all that. Are you going to replace my batteries? All right. He is is replacing my batteries. That's all he's doing back there, I promise. All right? So pay no attention to the man behind the preacher. All right. Anyways, I'm going to keep going, and uh, we'll just, if I, if I stand a certain way, does it help? I'm not, I'm not going to bend over, I know that. And what's great is that all of this is recorded right now. So, if you need to hear all this, you can go back and listen to it online, www.fbcbristow.com. I'm being still as I can, all right? Um, we're just going to roll with this, all right? You guys are good with awkward moments. I'm good with awkward moments. What? This is how I'm going to use up the extra 15 minutes that I have. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Did you get, hey, did you get me going? Is it on? Check, mic, check, no, yes, maybe, no. All right, I'm just going to use this one, all right? Uh, done with distractions, we're moving on. Anyhow, 2019. I'm excited about what God's going to do in 2019. And if you read uh, the newsletter this week, you saw that Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 is going to be our flagship verse for the year. And it's going to be based on the word intent. You see, we need to have great intent when we come to the things of the Lord. You know, when it comes to intent, this time of year often brings us to a bunch of great intentions, doesn't it? Here in a couple days, you may make a few resolutions with great intentions on what you're going to do. And as for most of us, great intentions get us about two weeks, right? 
Resolutions are hard to keep, but I do want to give you this, all right? The new year's upon us, and with it, new resolutions. And so this year, I thought I would help you out by finding and creating some fantastic Christian resolutions for you, all right? So I want you to pay attention. You can amen, you can holler, you can say, yes, I'm going to do that. You can say, oh, me, on most of these probably, but these are some resolutions for you, the Christian, as the church, and don't take them too seriously, but some of these I can already pinpoint to some of y'all, all right? The first one, you will not use love on as a verb. I'm tired of it. No, I'm kidding. But listen, stop using love on as a verb, as in we're going to love on each other, or we're going to love on them, or listen, we can just say we're going to love each other, or we're going to love them, all right? You will try your best to ignore typos in the worship music. These are your resolutions for this year. You will admit that God probably does use a Mac. Isn't that right, Merle? Fantastic. Oh, did you turn my mic on now? Oh, it's on now. Ta-da. That's good because I like to talk with my hands so I can do that now. All right, you ready for this? We're, we're getting up ready to go now. All right. Here we go. I'm going to go back to the last one because I think he missed it because he was trying to figure out the mic. God probably does use a Mac. Isn't that right, Merle? <laughs> you, hey, listen, here's a good resolution for you. You will wear less skinny jeans. The pockets of which you could not get a tic-tac in with a crowbar. You will stop using just saying as a get-out-of-jerk-free card. You know who you are, by the way. You will never, ever, this is one of my favorite resolutions. I found this one, and it made me laugh, and then it made me cry, and then it made me think of a bunch of people that I know. Here it is. You will never, ever interlink digits with a stranger at church if the pastor asks everyone to hold hands in prayer. Listen, you're not at a roller rink doing the couple skate. Don't interlink your fingers. You will not make married people who don't have kids, feel like they have to have babies tomorrow. All right? Church ladies, you're the worst. My wife is the worst. Don't do that. Students, a New Year's resolution for you. You will not fall in love on a mission trip. That is your resolution for this year. Nothing else matters. Church, there's a good resolution. You will admit that you sometimes play Candy Crush when you are supposed to be looking up Bible verses in church on your iPhone. Some of you are doing it now. Here's a good one for dads. You will drive nicer on the way to church or at least remove your little metal G Jesus fish so that you can drive like a maniac in the church parking lot when the sermon's over. You will not look down on vacation Bible schools that don't have bouncy houses or inflatables. That's a good church one. Here's a good one for you Sunday school teachers. This is a good resolution. You will stop buying bootleg cookies for your Sunday school class. I'm looking at you, Walmart Bakery. Listen. 
My wife got that one because my wife is guilty. You will never ask the fat content of a meal cooked from heaven's favorite dish, the crock pot. Listen, this is a great one for all of us, myself included. You will not use, let me pray about that, as a synonym for no, when someone asks you for a favor. You're laughing because you're guilty too. Here is a great resolution just in life in general. You will forever stop using Comic Sans font. (laughs) Hey, listen, this is a good one right here. Your church will hold super awkward events for single adults. That's what every church should do all the time, right? (laughs) You will understand how cool and hip your youth pastor is. It's a good New Year's resolution. I love how nobody nobody laughed, nobody thought for anything. They, They just thought, hmm. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, they already know it's true. You will go on a digital fast. This is a great resolution. You will go on a digital fast without announcing it to the whole world or pretending that the God of the universe spoke to you because you gave up Twitter for 72 hours. You will, this is a good resolution. You will not skip church when you realize that it is going to be a guest speaker. Guilty, guilty, guilty. You will stop creating tracks. This is one of my favorite. You will stop creating tracks that look like fake money because Jesus never created fake drachmas. You guys are a hard crowd this morning. I hope you know that. <laughs> this, is a, this is a good one. You will not feel guilty if you don't want to raise your hands while singing. It's a good resolution to have. For those of us who do raise our hands, we will not feel guilty for raising them. Here's a good resolution. You will begin to wonder if the guy next to you is going to share his gum at church now that you have seen it. Have you ever sat next to that guy? He blatantly takes out his gum and he like noisily opens the wrapper and never turns to you to ask you if you want a piece. Those are the worst. Don't be that guy. Here's something that definitely will happen and something that you should probably make a resolution to not happen. You will have an epic fight with your spouse on the way to church. Here's one of my favorites. This is a good resolution for all of us. You will not use the hashtag, hashtag blessed, for things that God might not have been involved in. For example, just got tickets to Justin Timberlake. Hashtag blessed. Don't do that. This is a great resolution. You will not Jesus juke. If you don't know what Jesus juking is, it is whenever you take any conversation circumstance and you turn it spiritual in a moment's notice, even if it doesn't make sense how you did it. Don't Jesus juke. And here's one of my favorites, and this is the last one. This is a great resolution for all of you this year, and I I am going to permit you one Sunday to do this, all right? Not all the same time, because that would be bad, but you one Sunday. You will attend at least one church 
with a name that sounds like it is a designer clothing store. All right? Guys, we can make all the resolutions in the world, but if we don't have an intention, then we have missed the mark. We can say all the things that we want to as a church, like we want to grow our Sunday school, like we want to be more active in our community, like we want to address the issue of our church debt, or things like we want to make sure that we are discipling everyone who comes in these doors. We can make great resolutions, but without intention, without being intent on those things, they will be but pipe dreams that flow on to the next year and flow on to the next generation. All kidding aside this morning, resolutions are good. But if we have no intention behind them, they mean nothing. If you have your Bibles taken, turn to Philippians chapter 2. I want to share with you the verse that will mark this year, 2019, at FBC. With this idea of being intent. Philippians chapter 2, if you would stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy... Make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love and united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that this morning, though distractions be many, we pray that this morning, though our hearts be worn from the year before, but excited looking forward to the year ahead. This morning, as some of us are sick, as some of us are heartbroken, as some of us are struggling, God, I pray that in the midst of all of that, that your word would speak to us. Pray that you would hide this messenger behind the cross. God, I pray that we would come from this with great intent on doing what you called us to do. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Paul is writing to the church in Philippi, a church that I would dare say mimics many churches today. church that is greatly excited, but about all the wrong things, a church that is greatly motivated, but in all the wrong directions, a church that is greatly staffed, but with all the wrong people. church that needs to hear from the Lord that we must find intent 
for what we're doing. This morning, as we walk through these couple verses, I want to look at the principle and practice that Paul is laying out in the first part of chapter 2 here. The book of Philippians is one of my favorites, got to be one of your favorites too. Is It's just so rich, so meaty with all that we could ever want as far as following Christ, as far as what it means to be part of the gospel work, as far as what it means to be living in what Christ has called us to, to be following hard after Him and to come to an end to discover that He is our satisfaction for all things. But nestled in the middle of this book is words from Paul that we must heed and take to heart if we are to be intent on what God has called us to. So let's look at the first principle and the first practice that we see in verses 1 and 2 here. The first principle is what Paul outlines first. If then there is any encouragement in Christ. The principle is encouragement in Christ. Now this isn't just simple encouragement as that's a good job or an attaboy. But this is encouragement as in life-giving encouragement. Many of you watched a football game last night. Some of you may be disappointed. There's probably a rare person in here that's happy about it. But you do have to know that coming around the second quarter, if you're an OU fan, there is some encouragement to be had, right? For some of you, it probably looked like a sad, sulking face on the couch, jumping to excitement and screaming for no apparent reason, but being encouraged by what you were watching. Maybe you've been to a ball game where there was an absolute no way they could win mentality, and then all of a sudden, Things begin to change, and what happens within you is this idea of encouragement. That something has brought life, something has brought momentum into you. That's what Paul is talking about here. If there's any encouragement in Christ, if there's anything that could bring you to life, if there's anything that could revive the Spirit in you. And then he goes on in verse 2 to give us the practice. With the principle of encouragement in Christ, there's the practice of being like-minded with Christ. Make my joy complete by thinking the same way. Being like-minded with Christ. You and I may look at that and that may seem as in a daunting task. We're talking about the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who died on a cross for my sins, the one who lived a perfect life, even though he was tempted in as much as we were. You think, how could I be like-minded with Christ? Well, it comes in one simple thing. It comes in what Christ was bent on. Christ was bent on one thing. What did he tell them that he came to do? To seek and to save that which was lost. 
If we are to be like-minded with Christ, and therefore to be like-minded with one another, then we must take that as our intention to seek and to save that which was lost. Paul understood this like-mindedness probably better than anybody. He wrote about it several times. Romans 15.5, he said, Now may the God who gives endurance and encouragement grant you the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus. And in 2 Corinthians, he writes, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, become mature, be encouraged, and be of the same mind. And the God of love and peace will be with you. But when Paul is talking here about being like-minded, us one with another and us with Christ, it only takes us just a couple verses down in Philippians chapter 2 to see what he means. Look at verse 5 in Philippians chapter 2. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. So what is that attitude? Well, let me tell you, verse 6, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. What does it mean to be like-minded with Christ? Well, the practice is that we be humble. And obedient. To be like-minded with Christ means that we humble ourselves. In 2019, there will be a lot of humbling that has to happen. For us to be able to do what God has called each of us to do. Humbling of our wills. Humbling of our minds. Humbling of our opinions. All of those must go by the wayside and we must take on the same mind as Christ same mind as each other, if we're going to be intent, if there's any encouragement, if there's anything that will give life to church and to church people, it is that we become like-minded with Christ. If there's anything that could revive this old dead heart of mine, it is definitely the Lord Jesus Christ. Church, we must take on that principle, encouragement in Christ Jesus, and we must put it into practice by being of like mind with Him, setting aside our own agenda, setting aside our own stuff, setting aside our own excuses, our own wants, our own desires, setting all of that aside, we must be like-minded with Christ. And if each of us is like-minded with Christ, I can guarantee you that we'll be like-minded with one another. Secondly, the second principle that Paul shows us is a consolation of love. If there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, we know this word love, and I believe that in our modern society we have ceased to understand what it means. 
We use this word in the church very flippantly. Not just in speech, but also in the way that we act. We, we say that we love one another in Christ, and we act the complete opposite. This principle is one that carries great weight on being intent. Paul said in Romans 13, 8, Do not owe anyone anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. What law is he talking about? Well, we know that Jesus said the greatest commandment is that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And then he said the second one is just like it. That you should love your neighbor as you love yourself. You see, all of the law is encompassed in those two things. That we love God with all that we are and that we love everybody else just the same. This principle is something that is lost in the church. And it's beautiful to see when it happens. But it's something that we have lost a grip on. Peter told us that above all, maintain constant love for one another since love covers a multitude of sins. The idea is not that my love for you can erase your sin, but the idea is my love for you can look way past your sin. Church, we've got to understand this principle of love, but we've got to start practicing. In verse 2, he says, Make my joy complete by thinking the same way and having the same love. We have to understand what it means to love one another. We have to understand how humility ties into that. We have to understand how encouragement ties into that, how hospitality ties into that. We have to understand how loving one another is going to change the culture of our church and it's going to change the culture of our community. This isn't some big, broad thing like, hey, we just need to love one another or love on one another. No, this is a day-to-day practical application of what Paul tells us, that we should consider each other above ourselves. That we should love one another. That we should care for one another. That we should be intent to make sure that those around us know that we do indeed love them beyond what is a verbal commitment, but rather what is a physical action in the day-to-day, week-to-week life of our church. third thing we find from Paul is not only the encouragement in Christ and the consolation of love, but the third principle is the fellowship with the Spirit. Fellowship with the Spirit. This is one where many of our own personal resolutions come into play. How often, Christian... In the years of following Jesus Christ, have you made a resolution to pray more, 
to read your Bible more, maybe to learn more, maybe to go to small group more. How many times have we not followed that with any intent? And three months into the year, we look around and we say, gosh, why haven't I done that? Why are things the way they are? Why can't I seem to? Fellowship with the Spirit is something vital in the church's intent. If we're not fellowshipping with the Spirit of God, how are we to know what it is that God desires of us? If we're not fellowshipping with the Spirit of God, how are we to know what it is that He desires of the church as a whole? If we're not fellowshipping with the Spirit, how are we to know how we're to react? how we're to vote, how we're to serve, how we're to speak, how we're to encourage. See, fellowship with the Spirit is vitally important. And it takes this practice, us being united in the Spirit. Make my joy complete by thinking the same way and having the same love, united in Spirit. I want you to understand something. When it comes to church, I am not naive to the fact that there are baby Christians and there are mature Christians and that our church has the span of all of them. But what I do know is this, is that no matter if it's a baby Christian or a mature Christian, if we're both walking in the Spirit, you and I are going to have the same mind. We're going to be united in what it is that God is calling us to. If a head coach pulls his team in and says, guys, this is the play I want you to run. And one of the teammates is over there not listening to the coach. When they get out on the court, when they get out on the field, it's going to look like chaos. Why? Because not everybody is united in the spirit. So what am I asking of you? Here's what I'm asking in in, in being united in spirit. This is what I'm asking of you is that please, Christian, please, member of First Baptist Church, please read your Bible. Read your Bible. There is no reason that the people of God should be illiterate when it comes to the Word of God. Read your Bible. I don't care if you don't want to, open it up and read it. I don't care if you don't have time to, find time and open up and read it. There is nothing in this world that gives life like the Word of God. How can we even call ourselves a follower of Jesus Christ if we're not committed to His Word day in and day out? Christian, have we forgotten that it was by this Word That we came to faith and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. To be united in the spirit means that we are in this together. Next Sunday, you'll have a printout in your bulletin. A year-long Bible reading plan for our church. And I'm going to ask you to commit to 
on top of your personal Bible study, taking a moment every day and reading from the Word of God. We'll read together, day by day. For those of you that are tech-savvy, it'll be emailed or text to you. For those of you who aren't tech-savvy, you'll have a copy of that that you can look at every day. We're going to be united in one spirit, in the Word of God, praying, seeking what He desires for us. And the last thing is this. The last principle that Paul gives here is very Pauline. It's very Paul-like. He uses these words, and, and if, we, if we don't pay attention, we'll miss just because of what the words are. But he says, if there's any encouragement to Christ, any consolation of love, any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy... The principle of affection and mercy is something that I believe is missing in our church today. It's not affection as in we should just be absolutely goo-goo over each other. It's not affection in that we should just be lovey-dovey, greet each other with a holy kiss all the time. But when tied to that word mercy, affection takes on a very different meaning. You see, the principle that he's getting across here is not brother to brother and brother to sister. The principle he's wanting to get across here is saved follower of Jesus Christ to lost unbeliever. Church, the principle of affection and mercy here is that we look at an outside world with affection and with mercy. We don't look at an outside world with judgment and fear. We don't look at an outside world with preconceived notions and ideas. We don't look at an outside world with hindrance and hesitation. We look at a lost and dying community around us with affection and with mercy. And the practice leads us to being intent on one purpose. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Church, in 2019, we will be intent on one purpose. It will take all the affection and mercy that we have and probably even more that will need to be supplied by the Lord. Our church should be affectionate and merciful to all who enter the doors. If we're ever going to see Christ change our community, it's going to take us changing our approach. Since I came to First Baptist Church Bristow, 
One of the great pleas and cries from the people of God here is that we would not skip over the people of Bristow to go into other countries, into other states, declaring the gospel, doing mission work, but rather that we would be intent on reaching those that are in our community. I want to tell you this. If we're going to do that, if that's going to be the heart cry from the people of God here, it's going to take a lot of affection and mercy, which hasn't been displayed in the past. There's going to be people that walk in our church that don't look like us, they don't smell like us. They don't think like us. They don't live like we do. Even their social functions are not the same as ours. There's going to be people that we serve. Dee and I know this, and Nate, we know this from a weekly basis. There's going to be people that we serve who need help with some food or help with a electric bill. There's going to be people that don't operate like we do. And I want you to know that our job is not judge and correction. Our job is affection and mercy. Church, I ask that you would join me in 2019 in being intent sharing the love of Jesus with the people here in Bristow. Let's pray together. Every head bowed, every eye closed. By way of invitation this morning, here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to have a few folks up here at the front that if you need to come, if you need to know the Savior that we've been talking about, then you can come and you can talk with them. If you need prayer over a certain situation, you can come and you can ask them to pray with you. If you need to know what it means to join the church, to be a part of what's going on at FBC in 2019, then you can come and speak with them. But here's what I'm going to ask the rest of our church folk to do. Would you join me this morning? Whether it be right where you are or whether it be here at the altar, would you join me this morning in praying that we would be intent in 2019? That everything that we do as a church would have intention behind it. That we wouldn't make some grand resolution, that we wouldn't make some grand idea, that we wouldn't make some grand scheme of what church should look like and then follow through with nothing, but rather we would be intent on those things that we talked about this morning. 
that we would be like-minded with Christ, that we would love one another, that we would be united in spirit, and that we would have affection and mercy towards the community around us. As they play and sing this morning, you come and pray. There will be those here at the front, like I said, if you need someone to talk to, someone to ask a question of, they'll be here. Father God, I pray that in this moment, you would find us faithful as a people in responding to being intent to what you've called us to. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Would you stand with me?